The Fed just hiked rates earlier in May, and already investors are asking when they're going to cut. Is it in the cards? Here's what matters. Live from New York City, I'm Lauren Goodwin, and this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we bring you the best insights from across the New York Life Investments platform because we believe that by sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of May 22nd, 2023, and I just got back from a trip to sunny South Florida to meet with investors and answer their top questions. Our very own macro Mike Legalbo joined me on that trip, and he's going to join me here today to share some of what we learned. Mike, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Before we jump into our topic today, this was your first investor roadshow with New York Life Investments. And for our listeners, a roadshow simply means that we go to a certain area of the country or the world and share our thoughts on the economy and markets. It's a great chance to hear what investors are worried about or excited about and what types of investment ideas are resonating. Is there anything that surprised you about the process, Mike? I think what surprised me the most was how much investors were equating market performance with economic growth. Because markets have been holding up, investors expressed to us they think a soft landing without a recession is more likely. We've touched on why we don't think this is the most likely outcome. It was also pleasantly surprising and exciting to see the reach of our research. Several investors commented on our recent de-dollarization work and our Black Swan report. Yeah, it is a lot of fun to see how this stuff is, is making it out into the universe and resonating. And we got lots of great questions from this trip. And it's no surprise, really, as you've pointed out, Mike, that the news of the day has topped the list. What's going on in the economy? How should we be thinking about the debt ceiling? And for these types of questions, I recommend our listeners go back and check out our earlier two episodes on the debt ceiling because those provide some great context on this ongoing issue. But the other key question we got is worth diving into fresh today. When is the Fed going to cut interest rates? It was really interesting to hear different versions of this question. Investors certainly seem eager for rate cuts, and that may potentially explain some of the recent buoyancy in equity markets too. Say what you mean about that. Despite rising economic risks, markets have also been fairly range-bound, suggesting that among the risks, there are also some optimistic perspectives. We know that historically, a Fed pause window can give the market some support, and we may be seeing that here. We think, for the record, that that market perspective may be optimistic. It's true that historically, the Fed has cut rates in times of economic stress. But for starters, we aren't seeing stress yet. And second, and perhaps even more important, inflation in this economic cycle is high. And we know that the Fed is dedicated to two things, full employment and price stability. And since employment is hot, no problem there, and inflation is hot too, definitely a problem for the Fed, then we think it's unlikely that rate cuts will be coming as the economy slows. Recent Fed statements seem to support this view. Fed Chair Jay Powell said last week, having come this far, we can afford to look at the data and the evolving outlook to make careful assessments. That suggests May's interest rate hike may not have been the last one. At the same time, Fed President Lori Logan signaled that even a rate hike in June is not off the table. If there's a risk that the Fed isn't even done hiking, it's probably too early to start talking about cutting. 
Maybe. Although I think what investors get stuck on is the idea that recent Fed tightening, if it causes a recession, would require the Fed to then reverse course or start cutting rates. And that's where the inflation part of the story is so important. But to make all of this as clear as possible, investors across the New York Life Investments platform have been thinking about a checklist for a Fed pivot. What would it actually take to see the Fed cut rates? Of the four conditions we'll share with you, only one of them has been met so far. It's also worth noting that even in a shallow recession, not all of these conditions may be met. Take that in for a second for our listeners. Inflation has been so durable in this cycle that it may take more than a shallow recession to bring rate cuts. But let's share what our four conditions are. How about we bring back our time to split things up? First on our list is that core inflation needs to be under control before the Fed can cut rates. And by that, I mean it needs to be closer to 2%, whereas now it's closer to 5.5%. A tight labor market means more people are working and spending. This is keeping pressure up on core inflation, notably shelter and transportation costs. Core inflation tends to be sticky and may take time to ease. I believe we may have shared this in a past episode, but some academic research suggests that core inflation is so sticky that unemployment may need to reach more like 7.5% for one or two years in order to return inflation to its 2% target. That is much different from the 3.5-3.6% unemployment rate of recent times. And it's also different from Fed projections, which estimate that a 4.6 unemployment rate is required to ease inflation closer to target. So clearly there's more work to be done there. Second on the list is that the unemployment rate would need to rise. Michael, what's this one about? First, a bit of backstory. Before beginning to raise interest rates in 2022, the Fed waited for unemployment to moderate through 2021. This policy led to an unprecedented tightening in the labor market that the Fed is now trying to unwind. Historically, it takes about 18 to 24 months for interest rate adjustments to impact the labor market. The Fed started its current interest rate hiking cycle in March of 2022, which has only been 14, 15 months. And so that suggests we may still have a few months before the Fed's policy is really felt in the labor market. That's right. We expect a more significant impact in the labor market later this year that could send the unemployment rate above the 4% pivot level. Another point to remember here is that in the 124 occurrences of Fed rate cuts since 1974, only six took place when unemployment was below 4%, and just 21 occurred when unemployment was below 5%. Why does the Fed care so much about unemployment? Because wage growth contributes to inflation. And that brings us to our third factor the Fed is looking for. Wage gains have to be more consistent with price stability. And in other words, they need to be lower. That's right. And it can be a vicious cycle. When inflation is high, workers demand higher wages. This, in turn, can contribute to higher production costs for businesses, leading to price increases. The Fed is aware of creating this dynamic, which is called a wage price spiral, and is attempting to return wage growth to its pre-inflation trend line with tighter monetary policy. We think it's possible for wage growth to align with price stability in a shallow recession, but it's not guaranteed. All right, that brings us to the last item on our list, which is inflation expectations, both short-term and long-term. This box is the one on our list that is checked, at least for now. Inflation expectations have stabilized. This is encouraging to the Fed, as well-anchored inflation expectations are crucial to reducing sticky inflation. 
That's four conditions that would signal to the Fed that they could focus a little more on the real economy and a little less on inflation. As you can tell, we're a ways away from those conditions being met, at least today. The result is that we would be surprised to see the Fed cut rates anytime soon. And to be honest, while a rate cut might provide some temporary excitement from investors, it's unlikely to be durably good news. If the Fed is cutting rates before inflation is under control, it means that something has gone wrong, typically not great for risk assets. And it also increases the likelihood that inflation would resurge and the Fed could have to hike again later. That brings us to our portfolio pause, a segment of the program where we share an investment idea. And Mike, you've done some great research here, so I'm going to let you kick it off. We took a look at past Fed hiking and cutting cycles and found that in a market dependent on a Fed pause or a Fed pivot, investors may find security in bonds. Assuming the Fed pauses for roughly six months and recession hits the U.S. economy, history shows that the 10-year U.S. Treasuries may yield flat 12-month returns after the final rate hike, while the S&P 500 could face a sharp sell-off. What about if the Fed actually does pivot swiftly and cuts rates this year? In that case, equities have historically found support in the 12 months following the final rate hike, yet bonds could still outperform equities. I've said this before, but I think it merits saying again. The historical experience of rate cuts may not apply perfectly in today's economic cycle. With inflation still hot and the conditions that we've discussed not being met, at least not yet, rate cuts make a double peak in inflation much more likely. In other words, rate cuts too early may presage a rekindled Fed hiking cycle, and that's not likely to bring the market benefit that investors have been hoping for. Mike, thanks so much again for joining us today to run through this checklist. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, amid debt ceiling debates and dollar debacles, we're going to revisit our black swan risks from the beginning of 2023 and see how that checklist is faring. But that's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters. In the meantime, please remember to give us a like, follow, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at newyorklifeinvestments.com and click the Insights tab. Until then, I'm Lauren Goodwin. See you next time. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamats and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which may vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific date, is subject to change, and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or adopt any investment strategy. There's no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company. Securities are distributed by Nylife Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302, a wholly owned subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company. Nylife Distributors, LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.